My son brings home donuts. I'll just have one, I think. This time will be different. I'll be strong. I'll commit to eating them like a normal person. And later, everyone's in bed, and there I am stuffing donuts in my mouth again. It's like I'm trying to pack a tiny carry-on with enough clothes for a month-long trip to Antarctica. How does anyone recover from this? Megan then goes on to ask a great question. Georgie, tell me straight, is recovery just willpower? I still feel like it's a matter of willpower, like all I should need to do is decide I'm not going to binge anymore and let that be that. Well, Megan and everyone else listening, my opinion is that some degree of willpower is necessary to change any behavior pattern, whether it's emotional eating, binge eating, smoking, getting exercise, or just remembering to turn your lights off. But willpower alone is absolutely not the answer. Today, I'll explain in more detail. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. Thank you for being so patient. I know it's been a while, guys, since I've been able to get an episode out, but I have three of them in the pipeline that are going to be coming out very shortly, and they're awesome. So if you have been considering joining the Breaking Up with Binge Eating coaching program, you probably know we only open it twice a year, and right now it's open. Right now it's Monday, April 4th, and we are starting this group on Thursday the 7th. So you don't have a ton of time. If you want to find out about it, potentially get in this enrollment and not have to wait another six months, head to nutritionloft.com store. Let's get back to our topic of willpower. An article on the American Psychological Association webpage offers us some of the following descriptions to help us define what willpower is. The ability to delay gratification, resisting short-term temptations in order to meet long-term goals. The capacity to override an unwanted thought, feeling, or impulse. Conscious, effortful regulation of the self by the self. So there's a lot of terms in there which may sound familiar to you if you've been listening to this show for a while. Delaying gratification, overriding impulses, self-regulation, some of my favorite terms are included in these descriptions of willpower. As I said moments ago, it's my opinion that willpower is an integral piece of the puzzle, but it's overly reductionist to say that healing disordered eating patterns is merely a matter of willpower. I suspect that Megan's question may stem from wondering if she should be seeking something outside of herself, such as knowledge, instruction, or information, or whether the remedy is simply a strength of mind, something she already possesses or doesn't, but isn't going to find on the internet in a book or explained on a podcast. I also find myself wondering if Megan secretly wants me to say, yes, it's just willpower, or if she's hoping to hear, no, there's much more to it. On one hand, if recovery was so simple as to be distilled into one capacity, it would be beautiful and refreshingly clear. We would know exactly what we needed to do. We would work on strengthening our willpower. We would get really good at delaying gratification, resisting all temptations, overriding our impulses, and we would work toward always, always consciously regulating ourselves. Here's the thing that itches me about that idea. 
That sounds an awful lot like anorexia nervosa. The exertion of more and more willpower in and of itself is not a path to healing. Reaching a place of health and gaining a sense of peace around food and our bodies, the goal which most of my clients seem to want to reach, requires balance. We want to learn where and when to use willpower, because some impulses we do want to resist, while others we want to honor and perhaps become more attentive and more generous to. Additionally, if we imagine a world where people with emotional eating were all granted ironclad willpower, hooray! What do you suppose they would do with it? You can ask yourself, what would you do with it? I suspect a lot of people would first think about what, when, and how much they would eat now that they have limitless willpower. I'm envisioning everyone eating colorful kale salads and salmon and asparagus dinners. Okay, great. So you know enough about eating to map out a nutritious diet. You could use your ironclad willpower to stick to it invariably, and it would be lovely. But how about the rest of your life? You've got the food problem fixed, but what about your emotions, your stresses? What about when you're shaking with anger because you found out someone abused your child? Or what about the vet that just told you your 12-year-old dog isn't likely to make it to 13 because he has cancer? When you imagine walking in the door, facing the silence of your home, with no dog nails clacking across the floor, what will you do? Having iron willpower could keep you from turning to food when you're enraged or gutted with sadness, but life is still going to give you these intense, difficult emotional experiences. If someone with emotional eating or binge eating disorder was suddenly granted the willpower to resist food, I propose they wouldn't be cured of all that ails them, because they're still likely to feel lost, overwhelmed, and unable to cope with distressing emotions. I don't think they'd feel all better. I think they might feel stifled, frozen, able to resist eating, but at a loss for what other action to take. When food has been a person's go-to for a long, long time, they haven't typically been getting a lot of practice with sensing their needs, seeking, and taking in comfort. I can vouch for that firsthand. When I was completely out of touch with what I was feeling and thinking, and I was so busy stuffing my mouth with cookies, if someone had given me the willpower to resist the cookies, I would have sat there like a statue, not knowing what to do at all. So there's this great big void left over, even if someone has extraordinary willpower to not binge. And that's why we don't spend any time really talking about willpower per se in my client groups. I do talk quite a bit about how we sense, interpret, and handle discomfort. And we also talk about some specifics of decision-making, such as making sure that we're considering all the outcomes, both positive and negative, instead of selectively focusing on the positive and the immediate gratification. Habitual focus on only the positive aspects and the immediate time frame is a pattern I see many of my clients have developed. So, so we want to build that out to make the habitual way they approach decisions to include both positive and negative, short and long-term timeframes. Working with specific elements, which may be components of willpower, I think is useful. But willpower itself feels to me like it's too general of a concept to be helpful. And I feel that it can be used in a harmful way to trivialize someone's difficulty. 
What I mean by it being too general can be illustrated by this example. Imagine you walk into a gym, an incredibly buff 20-year-old walks up to you and asks if they can help you out with a workout program because they, of course, are a personal trainer. And you say, yes, I'd like to develop fitness. And they say, oh, we'll use the gym. That's the sort of dynamic that I feel happens a lot in nutrition, health, weight loss, disordered eating discussions. People who are outside the field or potentially people that have been in the field for so long that they oversimplify the difficulty, look at somebody who's facing a challenge and say, well, just use some willpower. Examples might be, can't you just stop eating when you're full? It might sound like, just put your mind to it, or can't you just eat less? If you've heard people say things like this to you, you don't need me to explain how much it hurts. The last point I'd like to make, and something I hope Megan hears if she's listening, is that telling ourselves it's just a matter of willpower may be as harmful as hearing it from someone else. I just need to put my mind to it. I just need to get serious. I gotta have some willpower. They sound to me like vacuous, pat answers, which aren't actually solutions or plans at all. They don't even sound supportive. This sort of, I need to just, or you need to just, always makes me wince. It's like a lame effort at encouragement that also includes a bit of criticism, because it implies that the answer is so simple and you haven't been trying very hard, have you? So to Megan and anyone else interested in this topic, I hope I've given you something to think about. Willpower itself may not be a plug and play solution to your eating troubles, that there are many specific skills and abilities which people develop that allow them to move on and enjoy their lives without binge eating or emotional eating. Thanks for listening. I'm Georgie Fear.